Welcome back to the Retailer Radio Network. I am Connor Howard with the GIE Media Horticulture Group, and joined by me today is Dr. Donald Smith of McGill University. And uh, Dr. Smith, I understand you've been involved in a recent study that made some pretty interesting findings about the social lives of plants and how they communicate with their surroundings. Uh, I believe in in the uh, information I've read, you, you refer to signaling compounds and other ways that plants communicate with, with their environment. Can you tell us a little bit more about your research in general? Sure. Uh, the research it actually came out of work on, on nitrogen fixation, which is um, one of those things. It's a symbiosis between plants and soil bacteria. It, no eukaryotes, so that's uh, organisms that have a cell nucleus, can uh, can fix nitrogen, can take nitrogen out of the air and provide it to various and sundry compounds inside themselves for metabolism. And that's a that's a, a big limitation. So, for instance, if you're growing corn or something like that, uh, about 50% of the the energy that goes into corn production is is for nitrogen fertilizer. It's a very expensive input, really, for, for corn production. If you're doing soybean, which doesn't require well, it's able to fix its own nitrogen, so it doesn't require that input. It's a big saving. And uh, so they do this, the, the, the soybean plants, for instance, and the associated microbes, which in this case is Brady Rhizobium japonicum, they, uh, they strike up a relationship in which the, the uh, plant actually allows the bacterium to enter into its roots and even into, into its cells. And, and um, once it's inside there, it's kind of in a sort of semi-domesticated mode, and, and it, uh, the, the, the bacterial cells will take nitrogen out of the air, uh, form it into something that the the plant can use, give it to the plant. The plant then gives the bacterium reduced carbon, so sugars. Well, actually, often it's it's amino acids or sorry, organic acids. So it's a it's a kind of a trade scenario. They do this, and and it benefits both partners. So it's a it's a one of those it's a symbiosis, and this works well. But uh, at the beginning of the the relationship, they need to they need to know that that well, the plant needs to know that it's the right bacterium approaching, and the bacterium would like to know that it's the right plant. The the plant's concern is that the wrong bacterium could be a pathogen. They don't want to re- let the wrong bacterium into their into their tissues. And the the bacterium doesn't want to get into the wrong plant because then the wrong plant will probably actually recognize it as inappropriate and, and kill it. Okay. So uh, yeah. So they so they exchange recognition compounds at the beginning, and they're you know from, coming from the plant. They're isoflavonoids, usually flavonoids for sure in this case, <clears throat> and uh, the plant. The bacterium picks them up. They bind to a receptor on the plant on the bacterial surface. Turns on a set of genes inside the plant, which I like. It's actually they're regulating each other's genetic activity. So the, the bacterium produces a return signal compound, which is a lipokaiho-oligosaccharide, and uh, it binds to the surface of the. Um, in this case, we were still talking about the soybean example, but it could be any legume, for instance, and the, it triggers things inside uh, the root tissues. And in some cases, well, and it'll lead to the development of a structure, a bump on the root called a nodule, and the bacteria lives inside there and does all this nitrogen fixation. And sometimes with, if you apply the lipokaiho-oligosaccharides to the right plants, you can, actually, you can actually trigger development of nodules without the presence of the bacteria, which is kind of cool. It's kind of like organogenesis triggered by something outside. It's a little like if you rub something on your shoulder and then it caused you to grow another head. So it's, a, it's kind, of, kind of interesting. So, so, yeah, there's all this chatter between them. And it, uh, it, it allows the symbiosis to go ahead. What we, what we discovered kind of accidentally when we're doing some work with adding, we're adding the isoflavonoids to the bacterial cells to make them, to make the genes induced when we put them on the plant. So it was already happening. We put them on the plant roots as an inoculant. Uh, so they were making the lipokaiho-oligosaccharide return signals. And when we did that, uh, it did cause nodulation to go ahead a little faster and all of that, nitrogen fixation to start sooner. 
but it also caused the uh, the plants to the seeds to germinate faster, come out of the ground faster, which was a big surprise. So then we were eventually able to show that it was causing stimulation of growth of stuff, and it could cause it in a wide range of plants, and it could cause it uh, it caused it much more effectively actually if the plants were a bit stressed. So cold cold soils in the spring here in Canada, it uh, it could cause faster emergence. Anyway, that's a long answer to a short question. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's uh, that. That's very that's very intriguing. It's a lot of a lot of factors to keep in mind. That that makes me wonder uh, what in general led you in this direction of research. Was were you, were you did you start out looking at a different area of how plants grow and the, the, you kind of uh, you you mentioned that some of these discoveries were made kind of on accident. What, what, what just led you in this direction at first? Sure, sure. Well, we we uh, we uh, uh, I, I took a job at McGill University of Montreal um, back in oh, the uh, the middle nineteen eighties. And at that time, soybean was just coming into the province. It, it, it had been, it hadn't been able to grow soybean in, in an area with such a short season before that, but they had developed some varieties that would do it. So they were growing them here, so I started working with them. They'd just come into the area, as I say. And one of the things we noticed was that uh, when the soybean plants came up, they looked nice and dark green, which is not surprising. The soybean seeds have a large amount of protein in them, and protein is the principal repository for nitrogen in living organisms. So they weren't nitrogen deficient. But they would become nitrogen deficient. They would manifest at least symptoms of it. They would turn light green to almost yellowish for a while. And then if we waited long enough, they would darken up again, which indicated probably the beginning of nitrogen fixation. But there was a, an obvious period there where they were nitrogen deficient, and it seemed like the, the onset of nitrogen fixation, so the development of nitrogen fixation, the nodules and all that, was slowed for some reason. And uh, so I began to wonder, actually, if this was because Soybean is uh, soybean evolved in the subtropics, probably subtropical China somewhere. And it, when you grow it here, I mean, we've pulled it a long way north. And so one of the things, the, the optimum temperature for soybean nodulation for, you know, the whole nitrogen fixation thing to start and go ahead is maybe 25 degrees, 25 and up, 25 to 30, somewhere in that range. Soil temperatures here in Quebec, when you plant them, are typically 10 degrees centigrade in the spring when you plant the seeds, so 10 to 15. So well below that temperature. And so we began to wonder if there might be something going on with temperature causing problems with that signaling. And so when we tested it, uh, we were able to show that adding the isoflavonoids to the inoculants helped helped overcome that low soil temperature slowness and in, in low, low soil temperature induced slowness of, of nitrogen fixation, onset of nitrogen fixation, but it also caused them to emerge faster. So First, we were surprised by the fact that soybeans were nitrogen limited for a while, and when we figured out why, then we were looking at a possible remedy, and we were surprised by the fact that the remedy also caused soybean to emerge faster. So one thing and another. <laughs> Lots of surprises, I guess. So they are, and I would have to say I think it's early days of this. I think we're going to find a lot more as time goes by. 